Welcome to the Raising a Reader and Storyteller podcast. We are your hosts, Sunita Shah and Bijal Shah. And our podcast is all about developing young readers so that they grow up to be not only avid readers, but also great storytellers. And today's episode is focusing on narrative therapy. And Sunita is going to tell us a little bit about what narrative therapy is, who it's for, and why it's hugely beneficial. So Sunita, would you like to tell us a little bit about narrative therapy? Yes. Hi, Beedle. It's lovely to have you all back on again for our fourth podcast. It's hit September now, so the kids are all getting back into school and the new norm for them in school. It seems to be quite a lot of changes in my kids' school at the moment to start to incorporate the social distancing and the new rules. But they're definitely going to be doing lots of reading, writing, stories. And one of the things that was so lovely about the school is they really appreciate that kids have been out of learning for five months now. So they're really focusing on their mental health, social skills as well. And stories are great to really improve kids' social, emotional well-being. And what I'd like to do as a speech and language therapist, putting my speech and language therapy hat on today, is talk about narrative therapy and narrative building of storytellings. It sounds a bit technical, but what it really helps children to develop vocabularies if they've got poor vocabulary or you might feel that over the lockdown... They might have fallen behind a little bit to help develop their expressing language, their reading comprehension and their ability to just tell stories and events. Now, one of the reasons that narrative building and narrative blocks, I'd like to call it, helps the child is it's a really great visual way of representing different kinds of words. And what it really helps with is giving kids a framework in order to help them, especially when children are really strong visual learners and they like the hands-on approach to touching, feeling, mixing things. And it can really help children to understand and remember the order of the words in the sentences as well. Especially if children have got some underlying speech and language difficulties, some underlying learning needs, it can help them to plan and rehearse because we kind of know, Beetle, don't we, that when it comes to repetition, it really reinforces how children learn. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. I think reinforcement is key at every stage. Definitely. And if you ever use the narrative approach in a structured way, one thing's great about it is kind of the colour coding of it. Because you could say, oh, you're missing a yellow word and the yellow word might signal um, what happened. So it's a way of learning and talking about the grammar, because I know from doing home learning myself that they're into developing their utterances using adjectives and subordinate clauses and things. You mentioned about visual and kinetic abilities because I think we tend to focus a lot on visual and you know audio but not necessarily for the kids who are strong on the kinetic side so it's great to hear that narrative therapy also really helps uh, kids who are kinetically um, receptive Definitely. And also when we look at our little ones, when we think about sort of kinetic and we're talking about touching, holding senses, that from little, they have the cloth books, they have the board books with the little rings in that they start to mouth and explore. So it, it really happens from day one yeah. that they're interested in. So it's great. And 
when we really look at narrative writing, it's, it's about telling a story, isn't it? It's about a piece of writing or you could do it verbally where you've got a main character and it would particularly be in a different setting, what accounts and events they might encounter, mm-hmm. um, any problems or conflict through it. We always know kids love the stories with the good guys and the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, do they relate it back to them or is it? is it just story building or is it something that they're kind of narrative in any context I mean for my children who have got special needs and particularly children who are on the autistic spectrum too social stories and narratives are so great to teach them stories about things so for example if you had had a child that had a difficulty taking turns and sharing you can put that into a story of how another child might relate to it and share so then they can relate it to themselves in the long run so it's variable, the levels and the usage of narratives. And it can be so catered towards a child and what their needs are. Because the event when we're looking at stories, you know, we're going to have a plot. And it will always, all stories tend to have a beginning, a middle and the an end. And it's usually the middle of the story, which is the biggest part, isn't it? Where the main event actually occurs. Yes, exactly. So that's where most authors, (laughs) knowing the books that I've written too, that's what we call the author's purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's particular skills that are involved in kind of narrative therapy and developing narratives. So what I'll do is just expand on those today, Beadle, just to see how with some of our older storytellers and story builders, what sort of things that they might want to include or look at. So one of the things that really capture children when we're either doing makeup stories or they're starting to plan their stories is a really entertaining beginning. So the aim of a narrative story is to really grab the reader's attention from the beginning to draw them into the story. And I have to say, David Walliams is amazing at that. I've been reading books alongside my son and it's just so fun that from as soon as you open the first page, your attention is grasped within that sort of story. Yeah, he's brilliant at that, isn't he? Absolutely, that's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) Some of my favourite books at the moment. Um, And then when we go from that real beginning that grabs the reader's attention, Mm -hmm. when the child wants to build their own story, it's about giving them to elaborate on the detail. So details of the story, such as characters, what they may look at, and that really helps the vocabulary develop with using the adjectives, the kind of description words, and understanding the setting and the year and really helps them to link the story into a sequence that flows mm-hmm. um, which helps their writing and development of stories mm-hmm. and also yeah. helps other people who are reading that to keep engaged with them writing mm-hmm. yeah the so sort of setting the stage setting the context definitely definitely them to where the stories yeah. are being played <laughs> 
And especially one of the great things, especially what my kids like in books as they get a bit older, is creating that suspense yeah. or story tension. It's really important to keep the reader reading the story. So children need to learn the techniques for building suspense. So, and some of these can be learned from reading their own books and kind of relating it to how they perceive it and how they might bring it into their story. And you wow. know, one of the yeah. best things of doing this is just verbally through makeup stories. And I really like the story cards and story dice because it's so random and on the spot, you've got to think of the character and what they're going to do and what object you might bring yeah. into it, which really creates the main event, the middle of the story, yeah. um, the part of the narrative or the story that gives the details about what would happen. And it really has to be done through action, dialogue, descriptions, thoughts and feelings, maybe what things the characters might say if they're bringing speech into the story. So... I feel like this is this could work for me for my (laughs) that I'm writing. And the thing is, children all bring those elements into it when they're retelling tales and the experience they've had on books. But it really helps you bring it all together. And it's like pieces of a puzzle. You're adding little sections as you go on to build it up. Like I said, narrative building blocks. So. What I really think that narrative is so important, I mean, there's lots of reasons looking at how the curriculum is these days. It's a lot more independent writing. It's a lot more structuring the work as they go into the juniors and the end of key stage one as well. And what we really want to do is stimulate their imagination Mm -hmm. to foster their own expression. So it really allows children to express their stories creatively and their minds are amazing. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. No, and, it, and this framework seems perfect to allow them to, you know, structure their stories around that, as you said, in an organised way. And would you think about the endings? How would they end? Oh, so they can end in suspense, unless they're going to write a second book. <laughs> like Harry Potter just went on and on, and, and you were yeah. just... Oh, yeah, series. Yeah, series yeah. is very popular at the moment. Yeah. And it really yeah. helps them to clarify their thinking, to express their own writing in a bit more of an organised way. Yeah. So, you know, the endings could be a cliffhanger, it could be solving the conflict, it could be the good old happy ever after, the good old the evil they're quite typical endings that children might use yeah so really when I look at narrative therapy putting my speech and language hat on what we've got to really think about is techniques for storytelling and creating stories so the first one would be the setting so who would be in your story when when does your story take place And where does this story take place? And what happens is children tend to also develop their creating writing within topics, whether they're doing Greeks or Egyptians. And so you're looking at the historical aspects or are they going into the future with a rocket or a magic time machine so they can alter the times in what they're doing and which gets them to really start to experience time as well so yes I think time is a big one isn't it because children are so present exactly Um, it's a great way to introduce this concept and framework of time and it really helps them because when we came to the main plot of the story we're really looking at what's the problem how are you going to fix it 
is there a plan? What's your character going to do? Yeah. So it's the key to identify in that section is the what question, especially for my oldest kids. And it's about predicting and using that imagination of what actually is going to happen. How are the characters feeling? What are the consequences of their actions? Yeah. And all of those really help to formulate the building blocks of narratives when they're developing their stories, and which really leads on, development. leads on to vocabulary vocabulary enrichment and I know we did our podcast on vocabulary and it really relates all back to that because like you said when we've got that ending for the story we want to end that book and they've got a conclusion of what's happened through the whole journey whether it's a two minute story or a 30 minute story or a really lengthy story a a sense of closure because when we look at little children, especially if we look at the under fives, we can still use those kind of narrative segments or blocks within a very simple activity. So imagine we had like a farmyard scene or something and they wanted to develop a little story about the farmyard. You're setting the scene. So where are you? You know, we're at the farm. Can you see the cow? What's he going to do today? Yeah. And you can bring the time elements of morning, afternoon, night time. And, and, you know, kids like those uh-oh moments that, oh, look what's happened. How's the character feeling? And it, and it gives a child a way to express themselves. So it's funny because I was doing a social story on a narrative and um, mm-hmm. one of my patients is leaving where he's living now mm-hmm. and going to be moving to a new school and a whole new area. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and he still doesn't understand the thoughts, yeah the thoughts and feelings behind it yeah so we used a little resource called jake who was a little new boy who started a new school and he had a little bit worries about who he's going to play with what's the classroom going to be like what about the big mm. children in the dinner hall and what if i can't find where i'm going so we related this to jake who was starting his new day at school so the setting was he was at home and he's moving to a new school and his characters were his family and his teachers and his new friends and we problem solved using the narratives of the story about how jake would feel how can we help him and and we made a list of positive affirmations and discussions about how we could help jake and it was amazing because the whole thing was focused about jake and this story that we're telling at the end of my session, the little boy turned around and went, wow, actually, what we've written here can really help me. We <laughs> so were like, light bulb. <laughs> it was amazing. Exactly we want from you. you know, at that time, children sometimes find emotions and yeah. emotional regulation so difficult to express. Yeah. But when they see it related to somebody else or a different type of person, then they can then move that forward mm, and relate yeah. to themselves and self-cue themselves so it's a really nice way of of targeting things and especially when we're looking at language comprehension with some of the older ones all of this yeah. really brings in grammar vocabulary story yeah. and, and the language you know the language they need to express to communicate to to some yeah, ideas and details yeah. and themes yeah, yeah. 
And let's do such a crossover of bibliotherapy here, Sunita. <laughs> yes, no, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Bija, because very... I think it really works well. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you had one of those Venn diagrams of speech therapy and bibliotherapy, <laughs> the you know, coloured part that overlaps. <laughs> definitely. I mean, from your perspective as a bibliotherapist, how do you incorporate these narrative elements into bibliotherapy? Yes, well, for us, there's a lot about connecting with the emotion within the narrative so we'd look at the protagonist we'd look at the main character and we'd see how we could relate back to that character what they're feeling uh, really empathizing you know the key is always for us reading is an act of empathy and the key is always sort of connecting with the character connecting with the book connecting with the narrative so we're not necessarily building the story or reframing the story with very much connecting with the story and allowing ourselves to just express how we're feeling and that is the aspect that's probably more cathartic um, but why I like narrative therapy is because it actively allows you to bring about a resolution like you said Jake was like oh I can relate this back to me now and I think it's being able to hone in those sort of priceless lessons or lifelong lessons that are going to serve you because it's all about mental health in terms of giving children the tools to cope resiliently and find coping mechanisms within the narrative um, which is what we do in both in bibliotherapy and as it looks like we do that in, in narrative therapy as well and it's summing it up in a nutshell if we're going to give a key, quick sequence to it it's like who's in the story where is it going to be set when is it going to be set what happened and the end so you had yeah, to take very point away from yeah. today <laughs> yeah. and i love that it's, it's giving them a structure definitely no i think that's a really lovely format to actually use so brilliant okay so anything else that we can add on to bibliotherapy that we'd like to discuss with everyone today any other tips and tricks i would start with doing it orally so you can do the makeup stories and then you can support their curriculum stages and topics helping them write using that format so they've got a bit of a checklist of what they can add on and, and we'll add some of the links in won't we be to some of the things that we go forward yeah, with. Yeah, um, there's tons of resources on narrative therapy and it's becoming one of those trends that's really building at the moment, not necessarily for children, but for adults as well. Like I've, I've really seen it become hugely popular, but even, you know, with normal sort of psychodynamic counsellors and therapists, they're starting to use narrative therapy. So I will include some of these links in all the show notes as well so that you don't have to go and look, do a Google search. And in the episodes that are coming up, from a bibliotherapy perspective, we're going to include a list of books um, that are good for different emotions or different um, issues, especially for young children, like you said, moving home or starting a new school. And it's going to be episode six or seven that's really dedicated to these sorts of resources. So please watch out for that one. They're going to be really helpful in terms of prescribed literature. But if you wanted a you know, face-to-face bibliotherapy or speech therapy or narrative therapy session, either get in touch with Sunita or myself and we can do a tailored session for your children. Yes, lovely. Right, well, thank you everybody for joining us today on our podcast. Um, we have still got four more left and we look forward for you guys to join us in the future. Thank you. Thanks everyone. 